0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Very excited to have podcast host, author, and all around wonderful, charming, and hilarious woman, Nora McInnerney, here with us today. If you don't know her, get ready to fall in love with someone that I have such a massive, throbbing girl crush on right now. But if you do know her, you probably know her from her podcast, Terrible Thanks for Asking, from any of her books, It's Okay to Laugh, Crying is Cool Too, No Happy Endings, Hot Young Widows Club, and most recently, her book adapted from the film Bad Moms. Nora, as she self-proclaims, is a, is a great time, but we talk about bad vibes and how the world is uh, is going to be an okay place to get through at this point in time. We talk about just her life story, which is wild and fascinating, and she gives some really fantastic advice for just existing in the world. I had such a great time talking with her, and I feel like I could talk to her for another 6,000 hours So please enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Nora McInerney. North, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you. I think you are so funny, so insightful, so just lovely to watch on all different platforms. So I'm so excited that you're here to talk to us today. I am so excited to be here
1: in my niece's bedroom talking to you today. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is there any context
1: to why you're in your niece's bedroom? I had to escape my own home, where okay. the children are relentless, and my sister in law is out of town, and so this was not offered to me in any way. I am invading <laughs> Josie's privacy. Or you're resourceful, maybe. If you I want to it. I'm resourceful. It. Or I'm yeah. resourceful. Yeah, I'm like I'm holding one of her lip glosses. Like kinda...
0: <laughs> we're just going to slowly watch the regression of you to a teenage girl throughout this episode. Uh, it like, it's oh, wonderful a
1: tapestry. Oh. love that
0: (laughs) that. I mean honestly it's really not far off from my own aesthetic now as a 35 year old woman
1: so I appreciate it Um, there's a a good vibes only sign directly in my eyesight and I'm like honestly Josie I, I bring bad, bad vibes.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, that's that's very ironic that that's there, uh, because I think one of and I, I heard a clip of you on Kayla and Candace's podcast talking about like the idea that good vibes only and that message is a little bit uh, misleading in what we should be. Bad aiming for an understanding well first of all for people that don't know you and i usually ask this of guests that are like multifaceted uh what's your deal how do you describe who you are to an alien that comes down and meets you for the first time i deflect
1: and i say tell me about yourself
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah
1: I deflect because like anybody who is, you know, a 1099 employee uh, or a person who does a lot of stuff, it is uh, it is one of the circles of hell is trying to describe yourself to another person. And then everything I do just sounds so I I don't know. I'm I'm. Oh, I know. I know. This is a big What other stumpers are you going to have? I
0: I have to really reevaluate starting off with this question for people because it does put people in an uncomfortable position. But I think I'm fascinated by it because I, you know, I've been doing YouTube and all that stuff forever. And so like having a hybrid sort of um, career is very strange and uncomfortable to explain to people. Um, But I'm always curious, like what? Do you consider yourself an author first? Do you consider yourself yeah. like a as a speaker? Do you consider yourself I, I, a brand? I,
1: usually, oh, oh. I know, <laughs> I know. Sorry, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I usually say that I'm a writer and that I I have a business because those things are true. And the things that I write are books. Mm-hmm. I've written a lot of funny books about sad stuff, and I also write and create a podcast called "Terrible Things for Asking" for American Public Media, which is uh, a narrative. Interview podcast, mm-hmm. so I uh, I talk to regular people about the crappy things they've been through in life, and uh, we write uh, a story, like a story episode around it. So cool. uh, those are my two main jobs. Those are the things that you know allegedly pay my mortgage. And then <laughs> I have um, <laughs> I have I have a business called Still Kickin' and we do events and and merchandise, and we give unrestricted grants to people who are going through hard things. Which right now is like the demand is high I'm for, sure, yeah. uh, for people who need money and are going through hard stuff. So, uh, that is not a job that pays me, but it is a job that employs a lot of people who deserve to get paid for their work. And, mm-hmm. uh, and also has provided a lot of economic relief for people who are going through hard stuff and don't want to jump through the hoops of, you know, trying to have some nonprofit pay their bills for them. Like just give people money. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what you need, you need yeah. money when your life falls apart. Totally. I mean,
0: it's, I think so cool. And there's a lot of other adjectives to describe what you do because you take, um, this realm of very icky and uncomfortable feelings and you've made it a very approachable and like normalizing-esque kind of, um, world for people to go mm-hmm. into. Cause I think that grief, which is one of the main foundations of the, the world that you create from is obviously a very concerning a topic that people like to pretend isn't yeah. there and would like Who to, wants not... to go there. No, not me. no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's incredible that you've you've made and built so much on that. Is there, um, is that exhausting at, at points?
1: Yeah, or yeah. yeah, of course. And like any job, by the way, like I have a dream job that I made up myself. Yeah. And, uh, and so do you. And also sometimes you're like, back to the, back to the content minds. Here yeah. We go. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. But, um, I, I also now I believe that I'm feral and I'm unemployable by anybody <laughs> else. So I'd better make this work. But I, I think what was, what was going to be more exhausting, what was going to be harder was, was this, uh, th- the path that I was on, which was that, you know, my, my bereavement leave was up. It Mm -hmm. had expired very, very quickly. I was not in an okay place, but Mm. I was like, like everybody else in, in America, um, supposed to be ready supposed Mm. to be okay again. And I think that if I had tried to go back to my old life and sit in a a cubicle working for a company that really did treat people well, I would have, have, have struggled a lot more, a lot, a lot more. And so this was, you know, this also wasn't the plan too, right. you know, like my my husband died, my dad died, I lost a pregnancy that was like t- 2014, just a couple of tight weeks, and yeah. it's not like I was like, what can I turn this into, like, yeah. I, you know, like, yeah, and, and uh, it it just sort of it just sort of happened, and one thing led to another, and then all of the sudden, uh, it, very slowly and suddenly, this is mm. kind of what I what I did, and it's it's not as if I'm. You know, uh, a sad person all the time. I think sometimes right. when people meet me, they're like, "I'm surprised, like you're so like funny and happy." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." It's like grief is not just a never ending sad fest. It is this, it is an experience. It is a a a feeling that that affects every single person that you meet, even if their life looks perfect. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think um, because it is such a difficult and complex. Thing that people obviously avoid it or they create this very strong negative connotation around it and the ability to make it something that can be talked about, even joked about is so huge for people. Um, yeah. And I think the way you do it is really cool. I'm fascinated too by, because you said it was like a slow growth of a process, the idea of sharing so much of your personal life publicly mm-hmm. Was that a conscious choice, or was it just kind of what you were doing? And then the, the the conversations you were having with people and the communication from other people just sort of grew that that you like were more comfortable putting such private and personal th-
1: stories and thoughts out there. Yeah, no one was listening at first or reading it, and so I think <laughs> that does make it a lot easier. It makes it, it a started- lot easier. You started a blog first, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it was password protected. God forbid anybody stumble upon my husband's tumor.com which wow. people did using the saddest search terms you've <laughs> ever seen. I was like, uh. <laughs> Um, And it was password protected. And it was really just a way to, you know, share information in 2014 when things were, it was it was a different world, 2011, 2012, yeah. 2013. This was simpler times. I'm telling you, it's like, it was hard to remember who did I put on the group text? Who did I put on the email? Guess who? I always forgot my brother. Like he's so nice. And he'd be like, Aaron has another brain tumor. I was like, oh dude, I'm sorry. Yes, Jeez. he does. Like, odd, oh, you know, I thought I put you on there. And, uh, and really it was an act like most of my work has been of passive aggression. Mm. It was a reaction to people. Aaron was so funny. Like, yeah. Grace, like, in no world would you prefer to interview me over Aaron. You would, like, he, <laughs> I cannot believe he died before, like, the golden age of podcasting because he uh. would have been the best podcaster of all time. He was, knew everything about, about pop culture. was fast on his feet. So funny. And uh, he got sick, and it was like a reverse Great Gatsby, you know? Mm. It was just like, like, there was a lot of receding from him. Mm. Yeah. And... I mean, I'm going to date myself. It's like we could see people checking in on Foursquare. Oh, wow. OK. And we yeah. can see we weren't invited anymore. You know, uh. like it was it was hard. And I wanted a way to communicate to people not about his sickness. I never talked about chemo because I didn't understand it. Never talked sure. about that stuff. I talked about like life and what it is like, what his life is like, what our life was like together. And, you know, I would write and he would read and he'd be back. Like, you should talk about this day when this thing happened. And so it was really collaborative, even though I was the the author of it. Mm -hmm. And all of all of this, truly, everything comes from one piece of writing that I did Mm -hmm. with Aaron, which is his obituary. So if if you Google Aaron Permort, there's only one, you'll Mm -hmm. see his obituary. And we wrote it together when he went into hospice. And it was the single greatest I, I Creation that I've ever met. I will never top it. It was so good, yeah. and it was so him, and uh, and it went very, very viral because mm-hmm. we talked about him, you know, dying of complications from a radioactive spider bite, and um, and you know, like I, 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 he was survived by his siblings. He was survived by his his wife. He was survived by his first wife, Gwen Stefani, and uh, <laughs> and like we just wrote this <laughs> thing together, and I didn't think that the newspaper would publish it. Yeah. But Grace, like, please note. Please note. They will publish it, And you pay for it. It's an ad for <laughs> your death. <laughs> like, yeah. they will, they'll publish it. Yeah, if you break down yeah. what obituaries actually are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, this isn't journalism. This is... <laughs> This is Uh, advertorial. This is spawncon. It's the original uh, (laughs) spawncon. It's a obituary. And and that was like, I got so many messages from people and I got messages from people who had lost husbands, but really I got messages from people all over the world who had gone through a hard thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I'm not special. Mm. I think I'm so fucking special. Like I think I'm the only person going, are you kidding me, Nora? Like everybody everybody and why are these people spilling their guts to a total stranger mm-hmm. why are they doing that because their friends and family are afraid to bring it up mm-hmm. so I took that inbox and I like walked over to American Public Media which is in Minneapolis where I where I lived at the time and I was like hey I want to make a podcast it's it's 2014 I don't know how to do that do you guys and they were like yeah sure who are you and <laughs> And uh, and and I was like, the idea is just like we just tell somebody's awful story, and mm-hmm. and but we but we don't try to like you know bright side it, and we don't try to like pull out a lesson. Just like we get them to tell the truth, and they were like, why, why, <laughs> <laughs> who, who wants to listen to that? And I was like, either no one or many people, and yeah. and, and there we go. And that's how that's kind of how everything had started going, I would see, I would see something that I could do and mm-hmm. I would do it. And also I, I had, I'd had quit my job, which is not recommended. I had no yeah. income and I was a mom and I had a mortgage wow. and I was like, I got to think of something. I got to think of something and still kicking was Aaron's idea. Like wow, that was his idea before he died. And all I had to do was just walk it across the finish line of the internet and figure out how to make it work. So it's like, I was just Doing as much as I could, which is also a very normal reaction to trauma, is like, yeah. what can I do mm. that keeps me busy? Yeah, totally. You know?
0: And so this is in uh, 2014, 15? Yep. Okay. And yeah. I, I thought it was really interesting in, in the, the Kayla and Candace episode that you talk about, you know, right now in 2020, everyone is experiencing a lot of trauma and processing it. And yeah. you, a, a lot of people that have never handled trauma or processed it before are confronted with it for the first time. Whereas a lot of other people that have experienced grief and pain are like, this is, hello, welcome. This has been here the whole time. How do you feel like um, your conversations or like the audience connection has changed since 2015 or 14 Mm -hmm. to this year?
1: Yeah, it's grown yeah. It's grown. I do think it's a great time to be in the business of terrible things, <laughs> which is weird, <laughs> weird. Yeah. Uh but people people want to know that they aren't uh that they aren't the only ones and it does right. feel so personal. And also we're so uh, we're so illiterate in the language of, of, of hardship in the U S mm-hmm. we are a dick. We love, a we love a happy ending. We love a shiny, like silver lining. We want yeah. that so bad. And I do have like, there's a lot of levity in our show. There's a lot of levity in all of my work, but not because I'm trying to find the funny part right. of of, you know, like, I'm not like, let me tell you a funny story. My husband died, but there are funny stories about my husband and cause he was funny and he was right. wonderful, but I'm not trying to make it funny. It's just, if you have experienced darkness, you know, the light when you see it and it mm-hmm. like, it, it means a little bit more, but I, I do feel this resistance I feel two kinds of resistance in this mm-hmm. and one is that people who have been through something are like oh you're here now like it's like a new band, like a band that they heard of first and they're like yeah, yeah we told you and now it's not even cool anymore like you relate <laughs> to it and it's like guess what we all love cold play like yeah. go to hell Like, don't pretend you don't yeah okay like we all do all of right us. Like, you're not cooler okay right i turn on i turn on Coldplay. you know the words you're singing to it that includes uh-huh. all of my children they're like <laughs> 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 which is thank god for tiktok just bringing coldplay into this gen z wow. like
0: i mean tiktok is doing, doing coming? a lot of stuff for the it's world been trying, it's and been doing i a feel lot. like yeah the the crazy thing sometimes i think is that like Legitimately, TikTok will be studied in history books, like in uh in years to come. And that I don't know if is absolutely stupid or just <laughs> necessary because it is actually happening to
1: us and through us right now. <laughs> it is happening. TikTok is happening to us yeah. <laughs> and through yeah. us, and I want that like stitched on a pillow. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Well, what is it is, is. and. I oh, have sorry. a quick
0: question about yeah. well, in regards to social media, because mm-hmm. um, your current husband, as you've said, doesn't enjoy yeah. that title, but is yeah. his actual title. Yeah, so
1: accurate. So, <laughs> yeah. And you got to keep him on his toes. Okay. <laughs> Everybody, you should be like, this is my current partner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he
0: doesn't um, do social media as much. Yeah. And no, he doesn't and, care about it. Yeah. And you, you do. What mm-hmm. is, what's that dynamic
1: like? Yeah. He just literally doesn't care about it. And it uh, has had, it has made me have like a much healthier relationship with it too, okay. which is that like everybody, I've watched the social network, like everybody, I, uh, I, I do, I, I did share a lot of, of, of my life, of my, of my grief experience of those things. And also did I, did mm. I, cause I look back at that first year on Instagram and you know what I was doing running a half marathon. Mm. Like I was like, everything's good. I'm going to run from my feelings. Like and yep. nothing is it's fine. It's fine. Like I was deeply unfine, deeply mm. on fine. But one thing presents better on the Internet. And I had let myself think that what makes other people more comfortable was probably best for me. Mm. And so I think if anything, like time has helped me. Um, I, I don't think I wasn't lying to anyone but myself. Like I thought that what I was saying was true. I a hundred percent thought that I was living the truth, but I was avoiding it. And also like the internet is not life. It is not, it is not. And if you, like everybody else, I can feel myself being like, is this, nobody posts anything on the internet for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Those are things.
0: If we had things for ourselves, they would just be for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Your journal
1: is for yourself. (laughs) If you took that photo for yourself, trust me, it would be, you would print it at Walgreens and put it on like your wall. Like (laughs) it's not for yourself. It is a validation machine. Of course it is. And so I have, I know that, I know that about me. I know Mm -hmm. that when I am doing that, like, yes, I want to share something, but I also, you know, I I have an, uh, a heavy eye roll for for people who are like this is all the free content I create. Well, so it's also all the free validation you make yeah. for yourself. Like let's yep. and also it does eventually pay you. It yep. does. So like let's not pretend like we're all like on Instagram like out of the goodness of our hearts. Like no, we are there because we have a deep aching need for acceptance and love. Mm-hmm. And I uh, have a habit of marrying mentally healthy people who get that <laughs> from other places. <laughs> that's so so grounding and nice so grounding so nice and um and i never i i do not post things about about matthew that he does not see beforehand like so it's you know but also he does not care he's like why would i care right well do you want to read this and he's like Sure. Oh, because people who don't know me are going to see a picture of me doing laundry. Like, it's just to him, it is so bananas. Yeah. It is so, and it has sort of contextualized it for myself, too, to be like, you know, this is stupid. <laughs> like, because of course I've had those days where I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'll, guys, I'll be right there. I'm someone uh-huh. stupid on the internet. I need to correct them. Excuse me. If I I don't, no no one will. Yeah, no one will. If not now, when? If not me, who? Like, fuck. So yeah, I think the internet is a disease, and I've obviously been stricken with it. And
0: uh, we all have. We all have, and we're figuring out. We all have. Yeah, if there's a vaccine. Um, Okay, we're going (laughs) to. Who knows, Fauci? Fauci, Where are you? We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I have a billion more questions for you. So we'll be right back with more. Not too deep.
1: Deep.
0: So picking up on um, that you're in Arizona now, you yes. did the um, you, you did something really fun for yourself, which is you moved during quarantine during a global pandemic. Uh, how did it. how was that?
1: We had been planning the move. We we bought a house before we had moved. We also okay. thought, oh, my God, we're going to have so much time. We right. bought this house. You know, we can spend the summer in Minnesota. One kid's going to college. One kid's going to high school. The other wow. two kids are too little to get a vote. But those are nice natural breaks. You know, moving sure. a kid sophomore year feels cruel. Moving yeah. a kid when all your friends are about to go to different high schools, that feels that feels better. Our oldest mm-hmm. going to ASU. Let's get him some in-state tuition. Beautiful, beautiful. Perfect plan. And it was an even more perfect plan because I was about to have such an amazing March and April. Mm you were about to. (laughs) So funny story that did not happen. March and April (laughs) evaporated. All those events are not happening. They did not happen. And we were in Minnesota where it's very, very cold. It was a very cold spring. Um, we don't have, we don't have cold weather kids. Like we somehow uh, have, have these four children in our blended family who are like, Oh no, oh, snow, I'll be, my hands will be cold. I don't want to do that. So we're <laughs> inside, bouncing up the walls, like turning on each other, like that episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns and Homer are stuck in that avalanche and, together. Yes, and they're like,
0: yes, <laughs> Yeah. And you just, start uh, flirting with thoughts that you didn't know you could possibly have in your human brain for people that yeah. you love. Yeah, I'm like, what if I left all of you? Like, that's <laughs> what I <I'm>, was <I'm> like, <laughs> like, what if I just... Oh yeah. What if I was gone? If like, I just walk out the door and I throw my
1: phone into a river, what happens then? Yeah, track me then. <laughs> track me then. Okay? Okay? <laughs> you won't find me. So we uh we we decided to move up our move to May. Um and uh that meant that we would not use movers. That wow. meant that we would leave a bunch of our stuff behind, which was honestly, fine. School was uh, remote anyways. I'm like, we might as well do this in a place where it's there's sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to move to Arizona for like a lot of reasons. One, one of our kids is going to go to school to, uh, here. And it's obviously every boy's dream to have his family follow him across the country. That's uh, what they love. I know.
0: When they're finally at their precipice yes. of freedom, I just want to know that they're right around the
1: corner. I want <laughs> They want me right here. They want me being <laughs> like, hey, just I'm just <laughs> auditing this class. Don't mind me. <laughs> Yeah. It's fun to see. (laughs) A dream. A dream. A dream. So uh, we move up the move. We pack all of the stuff ourselves with the help of our children. Children are not helpful. I cannot express Mm -hmm. this enough. They are (laughs) useless. I was like, you're three. Get with it put your yeah. stuff in a box. You have your
0: motor skills now. They should be working in the, a way I, this that is helps practice. me. This <laughs>
1: practice. Yes. Use your gross motor skills, your fine motor skills. I need you moving stuff. We did a we did a self-move, which means they back up like a, a, a semi-truck into your driveway, which is apparently not good for concrete. Oh, well. Uh, not our house anymore. And uh, you pack it yourself and then you padlock it yourself and then they pick it up and they drive it across the country. And wow. we booked six one-way flights. We wore full on PPE, even our wow. three-year-old who, guess what? Even a three-year-old can wear a mask and sit quietly on a plane, sir. Yep, not naming yep, names, yep, yep. but sir, you you know who you are. Mm. Um, And it was May 15th and we flew here and our stuff got here four days later and we unpacked it at 7 a.m. when it was only 90 degrees and, and, and finished school here. And I was one of the dumb people in the world who thought the pandemic would be over Yeah, in September. I was like, and then it'll be over and we'll be geniuses. And instead Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, we moved to a new city where, uh, what? Like my sister-in-law is here. Thank God. My first husband's, um, uh, sister is here. Yeah, my, his parents are here, so we have family here, and also it's like, wow,
0: wow. I can't imagine. I mean, the fact that you have four kids and you're handling all of this, and uh, your youngest has an amazing award-winning in the future podcast, which is oh, true, uh, true,
1: must be so much to balance. Um, <laughs> so much to balance. He also, it's like he's so cocky about it. He's like, mom, oh, mom, mom, <laughs> mom, my podcast. That's, but, I mean. Uh, for people that don't know, hi, can you
0: explain this <laughs> this um, beautiful I, phenomenon?
1: <laughs> there's a podcast on the internet available on, <laughs> on Apple right now and Spotify called Ralph's Podcast, which was, be, he began it by secretly recording voice memos into an old <laughs> iPod touch that I didn't know. And then our, our accounts are tied together. He's on my iCloud. And I'm yeah. like, what are all these things? And I started listening to them. I was like, hey, welcome to Ralph's Podcast uh, today. <laughs> So he wanted Wild. me, he was like, who's listening to my podcast? I was like, they're just on your phone. He's like, well, I got to get them out there. I got to get them out there. So we put them on uh, the internet and he does not understand, he's seven, so he doesn't understand days Ugh. or time. And he'll be like, I record on Tuesdays and I want to be like, it's a Sunday. You do <laughs> it's like new episodes every Thursday. I'm like, new episodes when you remember to make one. Yeah. yeah, and. And he won't let me edit. He won't wow. let me have any input. So you will hear. Uh, he's sometimes a purist. It's just, he's a purist. Sometimes they're 22 <laughs> seconds long. Sometimes they're 12 minutes long. You um, don't know what you're going to get with this kid. And it is an amazing. absolute delight. But yeah, his Ugh. ego is just like through the roof. He's like, do you think they listen to my podcast? I'm like, yeah, I know. But we maybe they do.
0: When he starts getting ad reads, I'm going to be very, very excited. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Bad Moms. So you took the movie and then turned it into a book, a very non-traditional kind of way to do that. How how did this come about? And like, what was the process from taking a movie and uh, translating it to book
1: form? So that's how all books should be made. We should yeah. not be doing book to movie. We should be doing movie to book where you can expand, mm. where you can have a bigger story. And then also you already know what the people look like in your mind. So you have like some sort of, how you're always disappointed when a book turns into a movie. I mm. promise you, you will not be disappointed <laughs> when it goes the other way. So I was, that movie actually put me into labor with, my almost four year old, I watched it and I was like, I something's happening. Wow. It was so <laughs> funny. I laughed so, so hard. Um, but the guys who wrote it, uh John and and um and Scott, I, I don't think they knew that, but yeah. somehow they had uh I, I think we shared an agent. Somehow they had read my first book and they were like, uh they had, they had sold an option for it to be a book and they asked me if I would write it with them. And I have to tell you that I just historically not a fan of men, okay? Do I like working (laughs) with them? Absolutely not, (laughs) no. No, I do not. My my expectations were so low. And these were like the two most creatively generous people I have ever worked with in my life. So fun, so funny. And I mean, it could have been a ghost, right? They could have just kept their names on it. And instead they're like, no, your name should be on it. Let's put your name on it. So kind. You do not meet people like that. And, you know, they gave me the, obviously like the beats and the outline of of the movie, which I was familiar with. And then they let me just write and make up backstory for these characters that they had invented and come up with new new parts of the plot and backstory and and they were so, so wonderful about it. So cool. it was the most fun I've ever had working on anything because it was not me picking my own scabs. it was not exploring drama. It was just <laughs> making something fun and funny. and it is a damn shame it came out during a pandemic. Yeah,
0: <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Well, I mean, that's it's really great to hear that, like, this was a different avenue for your brain to kind of like jump down, Um, because I'm curious, like, what what do you watch or what do you do for fun, relaxation, turning your brain off kind of thing? Because you are so heavily involved in very heavy shit a lot of the time that like,
1: where do you find your fun? Yeah, I read a lot of weird books. So I just read mm. a book uh, about uh, Tammy Faye and Jim Baker called Praise oh, the Lord. PTL, you? PTL, it's so good. I think it's out of print, but you can get it on thriftbooks.com and ex- accidentally I bought two copies. So I will mail you one because it is fascinating. It I'm is writing
0: it down. I just saw a documentary about them and her, yes. especially,
1: and I really had no idea. Yeah. Wild to me. So wild, so good. And honestly, I do have a theory that she is one of the original influencers and a lot of influencer Mm. culture is based on her and like the way that she operated in the world. So stay tuned for that hot take. I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube. (laughs) I watch a lot of like, yeah, a lot of, I like light YouTube. I like light YouTube. I read a lot and then I watch almost only funny stuff. Only, only funny stuff, really. And when I listen to podcasts, I listen to things that are like in, in no way, like my show. And so I think sometimes you think that if you only do one thing that like, and And I don't do one thing. I really don't. Neither do you. But like, sometimes you feel as if you're sort of stuck in like a genre or something. And Mm -hmm. people are like, why would you write a funny book? And it's like, because we are all more than one thing. We are all all many faceted creatures. And can you imagine trying to live an entire career being one thing? Yes, I can. (sighs) Because that's what people did for decades. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not for me. Not for me. So uh, who
0: knows? Uh, I think that's really great and refreshing to remind people because it is, like you said, very um, easy to get completely stuck and, like, identified solely with one genre that you start to lose yeah. yourself a little bit. Um, yeah. And when you want to tell a terrible story, who are you going to come to? Oh, you're my number one. You? <laughs> yeah, don't no, worry. Like- <laughs> <laughs> um, now...
1: Uh, I also, your mother is back in school. Oh, she is. Yeah. I was like, what? I Honestly, my mom's hard to keep up with. So sometimes people <laughs> are like, your mom's in Italy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like my mom met a woman on Instagram um, uh-huh. and then went and lived with her in Ireland for like three months last year. We were like, okay. wow. And I mean, she's, she's a legit, she's got a blue check mark. This woman, amen. McDonald's. She's, um, she's, was great. But, uh, but also I was like, uh, okay, I guess we'll just celebrate Christmas without you, you weirdo. (laughs) So my mom is back in school. My mom went, but my mom got her degree when she was in her fifties, when I was in college, Uh um, her late fifties. And I was maybe 60. I don't, I can't do math, but um, she went back to school and I was honestly kind of annoyed by it. I was like, Jesus Christ, can I have one thing to myself? (laughs) She'd never, she'd gotten pregnant and never gotten her degree and then sort of faked her way through a career where people assumed she had one and she went back and finished. And I guess now in this pandemic, she wants to brush up on that Italian if they ever let Americans go there again. And so she's doing online, online school, which I love wow that's incredible also i have to say that
0: uh while you were telling that story the door behind you slowly opened and it looked like a ghost was just slowly walking into the room so i'm just warning you in case when we finish this podcast some eerie things start to happen Uh, it might it might it might be haunted but that is so cool good for her and also like she's living dangerously with this ireland woman (laughs) It's
1: amazing uh, my she's like I have nothing to lose. I'm like no, you just have eight grandchildren. <laughs> Live on the edge. My mom is the greatest. I uh, she is she is Moira Rose from the Midwest. She wow. really is like I, she looks so much like Catherine O'Hara that it's almost yeah. hard for me to watch anything with Catherine <laughs> O'Hara in it. Like it, when I watched Home Alone, I was like, oh, that's my mom. That's how she yells at yeah. me before she abandons me to go to Paris. <laughs>
0: this is uh so they've done the movie version of my life already okay i don't need to cast it myself yeah (laughs) Yeah. um okay we're gonna take one last break and when we come back i have a lot of really really thoughtful questions from the internet for you that i'm really excited about because usually when i source to internet things it's a very a grab bag of stuff (laughs) and these are some really good stuff that i'm excited to ask you about so we'll be right back with more not too deep
1: no, not too deep. With Grace
0: Okay, Nora, before we get into these uh, internet yeah. questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. And the first Ready. is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at?
1: Cold spaghetti at? Oh, mm-hmm. my God. <laughs> I mean... I would after after last night I would throw a cold spaghetti at Mike Pence. But, yes, uh, but I feel like he would almost like it. So, yeah, you know, I, yeah, that would be tough. I feel
0: like he would try to misconstrue it as something celebratory for him. Yeah, feel like
1: he would be like, make, well, where I come from, the, there's no higher honor than yeah. having. <laughs> so, well, I uh, I love cold spaghetti. It's my favorite food, and I thank you for uh, cooking for me, woman. Yeah. So, <laughs> As he refuses to
0: make eye contact. Um, Okay, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or a close call scenario, but you can only use three words or three small phrases. So, for example, mine is college jogging front lawn. Okay. Mall of America. (laughs) I love that you have a memory so immediately. (laughs)
1: mall of america okay shopping with tweens oh god almost <laughs> made it
0: oh yeah yeah that's uh that's usually how that one ends <laughs> okay um let's get into these questions for you from the internet i wanted to start with one that i thought was especially interesting um Let me find this really quickly. Uh, Oh, it was that um, this is my boss. Ask her how her old pillow is. Or ask how old. I'm sorry. Nora is my boss. Ask her about how old her pillow is.
1: I have had a pillow since (laughs) I was a child. (laughs) I've had a pillow for many decades. Okay. I've had it's old. (laughs) Okay. I didn't realize. Look, it's it's seen me through a lot. It is, it is covered in blood. (laughs) (laughs) blood And bloody noses on it. It's so disgusting. My husband keeps it on like my side of the bed. He's like, no, 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 (laughs) no. Even with like, you know, like obviously there's a pillowcase on it, but like he's like sleeps over my house for the first time like it's changing she's like ah! <laughs> I was like, stop it's, it's, it's stop. I have a new pillow too and I do know why people refresh them. I'm like I have mm. a new pillow um and I'm like oh is this what it, is this what you're supposed to sleep like but <laughs> yeah it's there's it's old there's a lot of dna in that pillow I should probably get rid of them.
0: I mean you know the, sen- the sentimental value outweighs the actual high hi- Genic quality of it
1: <laughs> yes Also, this question is from Jacob, who is uh who who does work on terrible things for asking and who is like she's like but but i love grace you why are <laughs> you <laughs> i'm like we are on it together Jacob. this is a win for us okay? yeah
0: she has been incorporated <laughs> um okay someone is asking what advice do you have for journalists or authors who handle
1: stories of tragedy and loss Oh, I think that if you can stay uh, human about it, that is Mm. really, really helpful. So write as if you're writing about uh, someone that you know and care about. Mm. And by that, I mean, there are, uh, I know there's a huge genre of true crime podcasts. Yeah. It's not my job. I I just don't love murder. Okay. No people have been murdered. Don't love it. Don't love it. It's not entertainment for me, but I do understand the itch that it scratches for people. But we have such an emphasis on the the crime. We have such an emphasis on the perpetrator, and not a lot on the impact mm-hmm. and the effect. Yeah. And one of my friends um, is his, his wife was murdered. There was an entire podcast made about it without, without him even knowing. Wow, that came out, told this story. He's not even a participant in it, and so it's like, and that's that's not journalism, obviously. Right. And also, like as as you're writing, as you're creating something, like you do, obviously you need to have objectivity, and there 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 are uh, ethical boundaries for you. And like, imagine that that person's family is going to read it because they will, mm-hmm. because they will. So, and again, I am i I'm a huge you know I, people people love me, but my friend Faye's husband was hit by a train. Wow. The comments on that article not wow. good not good not good to read and so um you know there was a journalist in Minneapolis who wrote an entire piece that was like you gotta have some decency you gotta have some decency with people and people need reminding of that because on the internet we are our worst gremlin selves Mm -hmm. myself included okay the internet is like littered with evidence that I'm sometimes a terrible person (laughs) we all are yeah
0: yeah, I know. God. It's this little time capsule for better or worse. But yeah, yeah, the the anonymity of it and like the, yeah, the echo chamber of it that, yeah, you can lose your sense of reason. You can lose your sense of uh, any moral compass. And I think, like you said, it's um, good to be reminded of things that seem so obvious sometimes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's like also uh, it is it, it just stimulates that little reward mechanism that we get when we're right. And who doesn't mm. love to be like, right you know? yeah totally totally
0: oh. um okay someone is asking my avoidance has hit an all-time high as i near the end
1: of my first book any advice oh god yeah the, the worst <laughs> walk away from it literally mm. walk away from it put it away i gave up i lost all hope i had a deadline and i, I wrote an essay about this for l and i went and saw train wreck by amy schumer <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> went and saw it laughed so hard. Like it was one of those things where I should be working. I should be doing this. I should be just like sitting. Creativity is not a punishment. Creating Mm. is not a punishment. It, it will happen when it happens. Like you, I am highly inspired by a deadline that is ADHD talking. Okay. Like I need, I need a, a loudly ticking clock in my ear being like, you're a piece of shit. You're not going (laughs) to get (laughs) it. Yeah. Louder than the one that's already in me
0: all the time.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. So I I literally, I, I went and saw a movie with my sister. I got the giant Coke. I got a giant, mm-hmm. uh, a giant, giant popcorn. And I laughed so hard. And then I went home and just messed around, just did nothing. And yeah. then the next day I was like, I'm ready to write a book. I'm ready mm. to get through this. Like, yeah. And and yeah, the the end part is horrible. Handing something over to the world is horrible. You expect yeah. that you will feel relief and no, you will not. So uh so stop punishing yourself and just do something that you like to do.
0: Mm, that's really great. Give yourself that permission because, like, yeah, yeah like you said, it can feel like how dare you go distract yourself with something frivolous when you have this glaring
1: you? thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to make anything if you haven't also lived out in the world? Like yeah. Go be a part of the world for a little bit. It's from a safe distance, obviously. But like, <laughs> you know, like everyone's talking about whatever thing on Netflix. Go watch it. Okay. Mm, like mm-hmm. Go watch it. I'm going to watch Emily in Paris later today. Do I have things to do? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just found
0: out that I am one episode behind on The Real Housewives of Potomac and I have a lot of other deadlines, but I have to catch up.
1: Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs>
0: um, someone wants to know how did you come to find your own voice uh, as an author and as a speaker?
1: First, by uh, working in an industry where being yourself was not uh, good. So, I worked mm. in public relations, which I was so bad at. I'm a naturally nervous person, not I'm not good at selling anything. You asked me at the beginning, What do I do? And I was like, uh. I used to choke like that <laughs> constantly. They'd be like, So tell me what you're supposed to tell me. I was like, I am. Have... Mm. I'm sorry I called you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I'm the same way that I just can't I I think about the wrong side of it too much that I can't like compartmentalize and just like sell sell sell. So, but that's good to no. to recognize in
1: yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had a boss who was like, "Don't be yourself." She was we we're like about to go into a client pitch. She was like, "Just don't be yourself." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." She's like, "Don't." Okay? We are talking to professionals. I want you to be a professional. And I was like, I am a weirdo. Like, that is like, I'm just, I'm just odd. Like, and I yeah. remember once reading, I no longer do this, but I remember once reading um a review of my podcast, being a woman is fun because nothing you do is right. So either people are like, she likes herself too much. Or they're, they're like, she, she has a weird inflection. You can tell she doesn't like herself. And I'm like, yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so...
1: Yeah. So I can read old things and be like, oh God, who is that person? And also like your voice is allowed to, uh, you are allowed, like you are allowed, uh, you know, to be a multifaceted person. Mm -hmm. And so you can tell, I find such a falseness in, in people who always write the exact same way, like the exact same way where I'm like, Oh my god! Like, did did a bot write this? Did like an emo bot write this, or like a girl power (gasps) bot write this? Like, what is going on? So I try to write it the way that I would tell it. And if you listen to the first episodes of the podcast, you can tell how uncomfortable I am and mm. how hard I'm trying to sound like public radio. Wow. Okay. Because I was just so like, uh, like the idea of like reading into a microphone and having a producer look at me, I was like, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me. Kill me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
0: And then you realize that you're like putting on, cause you, I go through Uh, like the imposter syndrome of it all like I don't deserve to be doing x y or z and so you
1: don't you're such a piece of shit
0: right (laughs) and so I need to over exaggerate and pretend even harder that I am this professional person that on paper slides into this category but then I lose my complete sense of self in doing that
1: yeah and it's kind of the And the truth is like, nobody is perfectly like, uh, qualified to do any of this stuff. Like, no, Mm -hmm. like, and so we are living in this world and like sort of creating in these industries where like, you know, there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of barriers to it and who knows what makes somebody successful and what makes somebody else's thing not take off. But no matter what, it's always like, uh, somehow too much when it works for you and it's never enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah a hundred percent so uh, um okay a uh, question from a uh, photog's dad. uh says dream come true long-time listener first-time caller what's the worst parenting advice
1: Oh, God. All parenting advice is terrible. <laughs> yeah. All parenting advice is terrible because, like, your kid, like, and also it's like, you've you, if you have more than one kid, you're just trying to, like, it, it, trying to replicate and then it doesn't work for the other kid. Mm-hmm. Like, all parenting advice is, is terrible. You have to basically learn how to parent yourself first. You're mm. testing shit out. You're constantly, constantly. Uh, it, it's, it, it is a... Uh, I can't think of any good parenting advice. <laughs> I really can't. I really yeah. can't. It's like, you know, and then people are like, enjoy every moment. And you're like, really? <laughs> really? There's two and a half hours of blood curdling screams where yeah. my child said, You're hurting me. I was I wasn't letting him play Roblox. <laughs> Gosh. I'm like I'm like we don't know our neighbors well enough for you to be screaming. You've betrayed me. You've betrayed me. I'm like, shh. shh, shh. That's so
0: specific.
1: God, oh, God. Like, his vocabulary is a little too good. So yeah, all 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 parenting advice is garbage. Nobody knows what they are doing. Love Especially that. Especially like, and your kid's different. And you're different, and yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, last question for you. Does she experience a dead skin buildup
1: on her feet when wearing Crocs a lot? I do. Mm, I am new to Crocs. Okay. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Whoa, those are good Crocs. These are good Crocs. These are good Crocs. These were inspired by my friend Gigi. Um, (laughs) She is amazing, and she was like, "You got to get Crocs." And I was like, "I will never." They're foot sweatpants. I would (laughs) never. And uh, I'm I'm a convert, but I haven't been wearing them enough. But thank you for Mm. letting me know what to look out for. Yeah, Uh, because you know they're not an everyday shoe for me. They're (laughs) they're a sometimes shoe. They're a special occasion shoe. (laughs) Usually I wear no shoe at all. Um. and, 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 or we've got like one pair of slides in our mm. family um, that actually belong to my dead husband that sit by the door and every single person over age 14 in my house slides them on to go outside. Like we're it's all great. like, where are the slides? It's a <laughs> where <are> the, slides? <laughs> the house shoe. Yes. Oh, that's where's, where's the one shoe? Of them? <laughs> yeah.
0: Nora, this has been so great and time has flown. And I feel like I could talk to you for a few more hours if we had that available. Um, Before you go, before we wrap up completely, usually when we do the podcast in person, we have a personalized fortune cookie from us to you as a gift for making time, but we're doing it digitally. So we have a digital fortune cookie for you if you'd like to take a little look at it.
1: The mystery of who originally put Nick Caves into my arms on a mixtape for you will never be solved. And that's fine. It's not like it was a T-Swift song or anything.
0: Wow. You can take that off of the mysteries
1: that you have to solve for yourself. Uh, oh, God. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, and for listeners who don't know, I... Uh, I texted my current husband and was like nick caves into my arms is playing and you put that on a mixtape for me and i'm hearing it and i just am feeling romantic feelings for you i love you and he replied i don't know what to tell you i have that was someone else he's like i don't like nick cave i would never put that on. i was like i'm i'm just pretty sure it was you like
0: I, I saw you post this on your Instagram and one, I love it, but I also love everyone's comments under it of having something similar happen yes. to them where they confuse something from the wrong loved one. And you're just like, OK, yes,
1: that is my bad. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure it was you, but if not, and yeah, so um, so we will never know. We will never know if there are any ex ex boyfriends who suddenly want to start speaking to me, even though I'm we are on. A, we are on I've got a zero percent track record for staying in touch. Uh, I was having romantic feelings about you. I guess there you go.
0: Now, Nora, where can everyone find everything that you're doing? Where can they listen to the podcast? Where can they read the books? Everything, everything that might be coming up.
1: Yeah, everything is at Nora Uh Instagram is Nora borealis, And uh, my books are wherever books are. And the podcast is Terrible, Thanks for Asking. And the company <laughs> is called stillkicking.co, but it is all linked on my website.
0: I Love it. Thank you so much. This was so, so fun. Um, I'm so excited for people that don't know who you are to have learned this episode and go follow everything that you're doing. This is great. Good luck in Arizona
1: with everything. It's it's <laughs> uh, it's going to be under 100 next week. And I am busting out sweaters. I am so Hell yeah. excited. Like Hell 97, yeah. baby. Hell cool. yeah. Cool.
0: Chilly. Thank, thank you guys for listening and watching. We'll see you next time on another episode of Not Too Deep.
1: Goodbye. Bye. Too deep, too deep, too deep, not too deep. This is Grace Helbig.
0: Not too deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shereen Lani Eunice. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music.